Welcome to Crump Insights, exploring timely life insurance and retirement planning topics for today's forward-thinking financial professionals. In this episode, we'll highlight underwriting and today's life insurance sales opportunities. I'm Brian Bushlack, your host for this series and an active life insurance producer. Joining us, Chris Cook, Senior Vice President and Head of Underwriting at Crump Life Insurance Services. Gene Zimmerlink, Head of Life Underwriting and New Business at Allianz Life Insurance Company. Mike Link, Chief Underwriter at Global Atlantic Financial Group. And Chris Weber, Deputy Chief Underwriter at National Life Group. Well, gentlemen, thanks to all of you for joining us. We're entering a very busy period in what has already been a very busy year in the life insurance world. Chris Cook, I want to start with you and welcome you back to the podcast. Let's level set on where we're at from a business standpoint right now and talk about getting life insurance during this ongoing pandemic. Is it more difficult now or has it actually become easier? You know, Brian, great uh, being with you and everyone today. And what a great question to start off the discussion for today. And and to be honest with you, the industry has really adapted well to the pandemic, pre-pandemic, pandemic, pandemic uh, post-pandemic. And from my perspective, what has transpired here is, you know, we're in the best market that I've been a part of for ease of process and ease of obtaining our life insurance products in the industry today. The pandemic was a great springboard for the industry to really look at its processes and and develop ways that better enhance the buying experience for the consumer. So I couldn't be more excited about, uh, about the market today and the opportunities and the ease in which it is to obtain life insurance products. That's my perspective as a distributor, but you know, I, I want to toss it over to, to Mike Link from Global Atlantic to get his perspective and in, in what he's seeing both the, you know, in his line of sight at Global as well as uh, his perspectives of the market. Mike, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Chris, I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, during this pandemic, carriers and Global Atlantic included, you know, leaned into digital, leaned into accelerated underwriting, you know, the things that made it easier to get life insurance. In the beginning, I think is all carriers, you know, adapted, trying to, one example is just trying to overcome the face-to-face insurance exam application process, things like that. And early on, applicants were concerned with having an examiner come to their house and perform an exam and obtained labs. And so we as carriers really had to look for ways to adapt and to try to look for other data, other evidence to uh, decision with. And and so I think this concept of accelerating what was already in place in the industry, I think it pushed us all to try to uh, make it easier during this pandemic. And I see what our industry distributors work with uh, direct writers you know, what we've developed during this time, I just see this as ongoing. I don't see any pullback as we start to ease back from pandemic issues that we've experienced. I just see this as a a next generation, if you will, in terms of what we can do from the industry in terms of availability, in terms of ease of doing business. And Gene Zimmerlink over at uh, Allianz, 
What are your thoughts? What have you guys have been experiencing both, uh, you know, from the market perspective as well as uh, internally in that regard from a go forward basis? Yeah, Chris, and uh, yeah, it's great to be here with everyone. And I would I would echo Mike's comments entirely, and just add that you know when I what's the old saying, you know, never let a crisis go to waste. As an industry, in a life underwriting organization approach, I think we certainly took that to heart and we had to, right? It was out of necessity, no pun intended, kind of accelerating the work that was already underway in terms of making the life insurance process less intrusive, trying to make it as transactional as possible. Again, looking at the opportunities that all carriers are to earn business through the, the, I'll call it the accelerated or the predictive model algorithmic underwriting approach. I think from what I've seen in the last 12 months, carriers working with reinsurers have been able to really move that forward. And to your point, I do not see it going back. I think we're going to continue to get better and better at it as an industry. And obviously that's great for the uh, consumers. That is great to hear, Gene, from a producer perspective, from an advisor perspective. And that was my next question is the advances that we've seen you know, from a sales opportunity, that was always kind of a sticking point with a lot of clients, particularly high net worth clients, was the exam, was the intrusiveness of obtaining life insurance. And Chris Weber, I want to bring you into the conversation. You think that's going to stick and that's the way things will be moving forward. We've kind of crossed that threshold and we're not going back, right? Yeah, I, I definitely think that uh, COVID has dragged the life insurance industry as a whole into the 21st century. There's a lot of fintech companies out there, and I know that many of us are exploring many different options of how we can get that protective value without those intrusive exams that we did in the past. You know, one of the things that we've always sort of relied on in this industry is uh, the attending physician statements. And there's still a lot of value in those, but how do we get them faster? How do we get them so that they're presented in a way that we as a a company can consume them quicker and get you the answers that you need back? We have been getting faster and faster. And I would agree that all the changes that we're making, none of them are just, we're going to roll back. We're going to continue going forward and just adding on. That's great to hear. Now, COVID, obviously an ongoing concern. We started to talk about a post-COVID world a few months back, and obviously we need to restate that because we're in an ongoing COVID world uh, as we move through the third and fourth quarter of 2021. Uh, So, you know, that cliche, it's a new normal, right? I want to delve into the issue of COVID claims and insurance companies declining COVID claims. Does anybody want to take a crack at that? I'm more than happy to jump in and, and really, again, we'll uh, also want to hear from the group on this as well. There have been a couple of, uh, more than a couple of litigator sites on the internet that have really been uh, taking a, a shock and awe type of approach to the consumer, stating that uh, the insurance industry is denying claims for COVID and soliciting individuals uh, to, to their firms. and. That couldn't be further from the truth. The industry has has literally paid out billions of dollars in claims. And, you know, there is no targeting of COVID or COVID issues as it relates to claim denial. So it's disappointing to see this type of approach in the uh, Internet and in some of the advertising out there. 
but it couldn't be further from the truth. And a week doesn't go by where, where I'm not asked that specific question and have to debunk it. And I, you know, I've tossed over to the, to the group to, to see if uh, they're getting similar queries from their producers and distributors. Mike, how about you? Yeah. You know, we saw some of the, I guess, fake news on social media related to exclusions or carriers denying claims. And to me, it's just that I think it's, it's fake news. We at Glow Atlantic, you know, no exclusions in our policy related to claims due to COVID or vaccination status or anything of the like. You know, it's claims processing has been business as usual. And so I, you know, I think the only caveat there is any denial of claim based on material misrepresentation, which is a separate issue. So it's not that someone dies due to COVID and they, failed to disclose that they had, you know, coronary disease or something else that was material to the underwriting decision. That's a whole different subject. But I think uh, to your first point, you know, I, I don't think any cure in the industry is making a practice of denying claims based on COVID or, or the like. That's good to hear. That's vital information uh, for our producers, our advisors out there to be able to take what you're sharing and pass that information along to their clients and obviously people that they're they're working with. You know, we've talked about, you know, pre-pandemic and it obviously covered this well in terms of, you know, what was and what is now. And admittedly, <laughs> all of us in the industry being dragged into the 21st century. I love what you said there. So there are so many new opportunities, right? And we are where we are at now because of this. It's been a obviously a tragic period for so many people, but there have been some uh, tremendous advances, particularly in the industry here we're discussing. Chris Cook, what opportunities are there now, particularly in the middle market? We see some, and we will see some. Uh, change, obviously, with uh, respect to estate planning at the high end of the market. But what middle market opportunities are there right now? I think from my perspective on the distributor side, I think the best opportunity that we have is the ongoing working hand in hand with our carrier partners, working to enhance and accelerate the digital adoption process of the producer and of the consumer that buys our products. That would be a huge accelerator for the middle market. And while we have had certain pockets of our uh, producers really embrace the digital process, there have been others that have uh, kind of been lackluster in terms of getting into the digital adoption and others still that have kind of shunned the digital adoption, you know, sticking to the old ways, if you will. I think the biggest opportunity for middle market and enhancement and acceleration of that demographic is digital adoption and really getting the producer, all of us, educating our respective producers and partners as to what makes the most sense and and how to look at what the industry is doing from, from a digital platform process. Because, you know, going back to the original discussion about accessibility and ease of obtaining products. We're there. We just need that digital adoption to really get us over the hump. Yeah. You know, Gene, your title is head of life underwriting and new business at Allianz, right? New business. So, you know, from an advisor producer perspective, what I'm hearing is phenomenal here, right? Because selling life insurance is 
Hard enough as it is, when you finally gain agreement with a client, then you have to go through that process, right, of <laughs> the old school way of doing it was not easy, right? So now here we are with all these new digital tools rolling out, um, much easier to get the transaction done. It really does present a tremendous opportunity for the entire industry, doesn't it? Absolutely. Totally agree with that. And I, I think what I specifically want to maybe mention for the audience today, and um, Chris mentioned it a little bit in his earlier comments, was you know one of the biggest bones of contention and obstacle for us as carriers from an ease of doing business standpoint and an intrusiveness, again, from a client perspective is the daunted APS, right? And, um, you know, again, in the spirit of making the process as transactional as possible, you know, we all know that the APS can take days, if not weeks, to secure in the current process inside carriers. So carriers are getting better and better at getting APSs in the digital format in a matter of days and in a format that allows them to make quicker decisions, but also to maintain the, I'll call it the discipline around making the right decisions to protect the mortality of the company because they both need to work as part of that equation for the health of the insurance industry. So we will continue to see further and further advancements and progress made in that area, all in the vein of making the, the interaction easier, smoother, and most importantly, quicker. And Gene, we watch closely on a month-over-month -month, uh, basis the APS ordering activity of, of all of the companies with whom we do business. And we continue to see a downward trend of APS ordering in certain demographics because of the advancement of digital data, analytics, algorithms that allow protective value to go through uh, almost a straight through processing without uh, ordering APSs where we, you would have traditionally in the past ordered those records, again, for uh, for certain demographics and, and cells. So I, I'm really pleased to see that trend with the reduction in APSs where it makes the most sense because of, again, the what we're seeing in the marketplace from a digital perspective. Yeah, that's a great point. And Chris Weber, I want to bring you back in to, to play off of what Chris Cook just said in terms of accelerated underwriting. And, you know, we continue to innovate. And I think what's exciting is that this period has sparked that innovation. Well, if we can do this and we, we can do this better, then, you know, what else can we do, right? And, and you look at this next generation that will be buying life insurance, the millennials, right? They're buying homes now. They're not young kids anymore, of course. So life insurance is an obvious option for them. What are the next generation alternative underwriting requirements we could see or lack thereof for that generation to secure life insurance? I think the next generation, so to speak, of uh, you know millennials and such that are buying life insurance, I think they have this knock on them that they need instant gratification all the time, right? It has to happen right now. And I don't think that that's necessarily the case. Now we all like things. It's not just the millennials who want instant gratification. We all want instant gratification. But I think what it really boils down to is the transparency of the processes that we have here. So there's no, we're taking a lot of the mystery out of what we're doing. So when, you know, a lot of us have these electronic applications that has made everything uh, so much easier to do to do business with. 
But a lot of us have built in reflexive questions into the, that electronic application. So now you're sort of getting insight into the process of why are we asking what we're asking for, right? Having those kinds of um, transparency processes is really taking the mystery out of, of what we're doing. And now in addition to that, uh, Chris Cook touched right on this, that we're getting data and insights into medical lab findings and medical testing almost instantaneously in a lot of cases. So we're able to bring a lot of these things into our process, bring a holistic view of the client's health. Really, a lot of times we've asked for requirements in the past where because we didn't really get a complete picture and we're sort of, what don't we know about this client? Well, with all the tools that we have now, a lot of it is verifying what the client has told us. And so I know from our standpoint at National Life, if what you say on the application lines up with what we're saying on our all our back-end data checks and our Rx prescriptions and all these other tools that we have available, and it all lines up and the, that story is a consistent story, we're ready to process and approve that case right there on the spot. And that has really taken a lot of the lag out of the process. And in addition to that, it's really made it much more beneficial, not only for the next generation, but for this generation of buyers. That's a good point. You're right. We all want instant gratification. I mean, we're we're living in that Amazon world where something shows up the next day. And I guess, you know, we have to obviously perform at that level. You know, you talk about that, too, and there's the digital adoption as well. Mike Link, I want to ask you this question in terms of, you know, those resources were, you know, a tremendous amount of resources went into the collection of data, old school analog data. And now we have much easier access to this data. I'm sure it allows a, a reallocation of traditional resources now into other areas that really is a benefit for everybody, right? Yeah, Brian, I agree. It, you know, the the really the you know, what we're talking about with these alternative data tools and instant decisioning and automated underwriting engines. So you're able to get the, the data more quickly. You're able to get it more efficiently. You can bring it in. And as, as Chris Weber said, you know, if it, if it aligns and there's, it's consistent between what the proposed insured is telling us and what the data is telling us, that's the clean, the easy, you know, the machines will do the decisioning and it will allow us to focus our underwriting efforts on the complex, on the, you know, the cases that aren't as easy, that really the, the, the black and white, I think, will be the accelerated cases that move straight through, whether it's a at sale decision or instant decision within, you know, hours or days, rather than traditionally underwriting some of those complex risks that you know, our underwriters are good at evaluating. And, and so, you know, as I see, you know, it's relying on the data and the process and the digital just allows us to be more efficient in the way that we underwrite and process business today. And to your point, it, it allows us to reallocate those resources where they're most needed. And Chris Cook, we have such a great relationship uh, with these gentlemen and their respective teams. And here we are, hard to believe, entering the home stretch of 2021 and you look at what's really coming together in the industry with what will be some changes we had michael amoya on to talk about estate planning and everything that's going on in that realm 
A lot happening there. There's a lot happening in the middle market. We have millennials. You know, in my career, which spans almost 20 years now in this industry, I don't believe that I've ever seen a time where everything's really come together and there's such a tremendous opportunity to get out there and get the word out about life insurance. I agree 100%, Brian. And, and you know, you mentioned Michael Moya. To take a, a page from, from Michael's book, as he likes to reference all the time, inside the Beltway in, in Washington, there is no such thing as in perpetuity. So, you know, there will be changes. It's just a matter of when. So there should never be any type of taking the foot off the gas pedal, if you will, as it relates to whether it be estate planning, working with your clients, life insurance reviews. Again, there's always going to be change. It's just a matter of what the velocity of that change is. And, you know, going back to the the underlying premise of today's discussion, the ease of buying life insurance, there's no time like today to take that policy review or that estate plan and take a look at it, update it, because we need to be prepared for changes down the road and when those changes happen. And, And most importantly, to protect the insurability of the insurance buying public. Yeah, it's a great time, particularly high net worth clients who we work with who are very resistant to any intrusion in their life, right? And they oftentimes don't get transactions done because of that. They take off on a vacation to Europe, right? And it can kill a deal at times. These things take forever to put together. When you remove those barriers, as we have over the past 18 months now, I mean, it's really, for lack of a better word, it's pretty exciting, right? Very, very much so. And we've seen ongoing activity, especially in that specific market demographic, Brian, of the high net worth individuals and the opportunities that have been created in the marketplace for ease of underwriting and and looking at executive physicals, the availability of information, relevant information over the past 18 months versus the traditional underwriting requirements, you know, the invasive requirements of exams, lab works, electrocardiograms, et cetera. And again, very exciting times and, and opportunistic times for that demographic as well. Gene Zimmerling, I know that uh, the Allianz uh, does get a, a lot of large case opportunities. What are you seeing specific to, uh, if you can speak to that, specific to, uh, to the large case marketplace from your purview? Yeah, sure, Chris. I guess the um, one type of case that we are seeing more often is the, I'll call it the generational skipping, the generational family planning type of cases, which many times are multi-million dollar face amounts and death benefits for the protection of the future generations of our clientele. And a couple comments on that would be, one would be, again, I'm looking at from the advisor lens in a field underwriting perspective, and maybe some, some advice. So when these cases are presented to an underwriting a new business shop, they get the, the best attention right out of the gate to help a smooth process and ultimate positive outcome. And that would be many times I would say that it's always beneficial to have financial plan completed, you know, with the work of an advisor an accountant and an attorney so that we can understand the nature of the planning and the need and purpose of the coverage. Obviously, as always, a cover letter with that explanation is always a good idea. And then obviously the, the full financials supporting 
And at the end of the day, as we look to justify some of these situations in this, I'll call it the second and third generation, again, looking at multi-million dollar requests, what it comes down to is help us make it make sense, right? Help us make it make sense so that we can get comfortable in ensuring future generations. So these are the type of cases we're seeing more and more often, great opportunities in the marketplace. Again, just if you have questions, I would say consult with Chris Weber, consult with Mike Link, Gene Zimmerich, and the other chief underwriters in the industry in advance. Sometimes a very early conversation on these opportunities is helpful even before the application is presented into the home office. Yeah, great insight, uh, Gene. I appreciate you bringing up the old-fashioned cover letter. I mean, if you're submitting a case, any case, I feel, and I've got the brightest minds in life insurance here on this podcast, I mean, come on, folks. If you're submitting a case without a cover letter, that's the most basic thing, right? Particularly a high net worth case, right, Chris? Brian, the I've been in the business since 1986, and it's still the most important tool at the disposal of the advisor of the life insurance agent, but still the least utilized tool. A well-positioned cover letter, you know, in a traditional underwriting process can literally shave weeks to possibly months off of the process. So it, again, I, I encourage every producer where if, if they have something that, that has maybe a little gray area or might be outside of the nine dots, invest the time up front, you know, 20 minutes, half hour, sometimes maybe even an hour, depending on the complexity of the, of the scenario, especially if it's a financial scenario, investing that time up front, having that call with Gene, with Mike, with Chris, myself as well, to understand what the best approach is, pre-submission can literally save weeks on the back end to months on the back end and, and help the case go much more smoothly. Yeah, I love what Gene said. Help us help you, right? That's enough said. Well, gentlemen, a tremendous conversation, a lot of insight here, and we appreciate all of you joining us. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, everybody. Life insurance products are issued and guarantees are backed by Allianz Life Insurance Company of North America for financial professional use only. Crump Life Insurance Services, a leading third-party distributor and service provider of insurance and retirement products, is part of Truist Insurance Holdings Incorporated, the seventh largest insurance broker in the world. Crump supports the distribution of life insurance, annuities, long-term care, linked benefits, disability, and health products with the industry's premier sales and back-office support and technology services. Marketing under the following brands, Crump, Truest Life Insurance Services, Risk Rider, TELUS, and Time. Source, Business Insurance Magazine, using 2019 brokerage revenue generated, 2020 issue. For financial professional use only, not intended for use in solicitation of sales to the public. Not intended to recommend the use of any product or strategy for any particular client or class of clients. For use with non-registered products only, Crump operates under the license of Crump Life Insurance Services Incorporated, Arkansas license number 100103477. Products and programs offered through Crump are not approved for use in all states. Copyright 2021, Crump Life Insurance Services Incorporated.